Hello there, and welcome to episode 34 of The Game Pit. We're testing out a new format for our episodes. This is one of our Essen briefs. So, we had to change our coverage of the Essen Fair this year, because unfortunately, due to circumstances, I couldn't make it. We had a band of loyal reporters go over to Essen, including Sean himself, and we're going to release a series of brief episodes whereby we get their first impressions on games and general ideas on what was coming out. We're going to be releasing these shorter episodes over the next few weeks. First intrepid reporter joining us this time around is Terry. Hey, Terry. Hello. How are you hey, doing? Terry. Really good. Really excited. Are you feeling reporterly and game-like? I'm feeling very reporterly. I did lots of research, lots of gaming, so I think I have something to say. Okay, as Ryan said, we're going to talk very briefly about a few of the games that people have noticed during their time in Essen. Once Ronan has had a chance to catch up and play a few of those Essen releases, we are going to do a much more in-depth episode. So you can catch all our episodes at 2d6.org alongside other audio, video and written gaming goodness. And we are members of the Dice Tower Network. Head there for more Essen coverage and other gaming goodness in podcast form. So, Terry, as we said before, welcome to the Game Pit, and just want to talk over your, your general Essen impression from this year. When you got there, what you did, what you saw, just generally. Okay, so this was my second time going to Essen, and I actually got some time off work this time, so we went to the show Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and also the Essen warm-up day on the Wednesday, which we'd not been to before, and it's at the Unperfect House, and there's about 300 people there some of the smaller designers, and that was really good. So you said that you're members of the Dice Tower, and actually some of the Dice Tower team, like Tom Vassell and Brian Metzler, were there. Brian Metzler was at the Essen warm-up day, and I got to play with him, which I was quite excited about. And I got to see Tom at the show and get a picture with him. That was quite good. But generally, it was jam-packed. I was really impressed by a lot of the games that were there. I got to really demo a lot of games. big difference between last year and this year was I did a lot more research, and I was prepared so that was really good and it's, it's just very cool to wander around a massive convention like that and bump into people you know from london and london on board so i had a great time does appearing on the game pit after hanging out with ryan metz and tom vassell feel like a big step down um yeah that's nice i'm being honest and that's the end of the show thank you okay so we're gonna start talking to you about some of the games you actually played going in you said you do loads of research going into essen but there's always tons of games you can't cover when you're doing your research what was your best surprise of the show so my best prize was a game called Grog Island, which is designed by Michael Reinek, and it's two to four players and plays in 40 to 75 minutes. The theme is you're a pirate coming to the end of your pirate career, and you want to you know, settle down and invest your loot in some pirate-themed businesses, shops selling peg legs, hooks, anchors, and also the, the Grog Island pub. Mechanically, it's got a dice-bidding mechanism, and you score points at the end based on area control and also buildings you control. The reason for me it's my biggest surprise is actually the only thing I'd heard about it was the theme. I'm quite a fan of pirate themes, so it's interesting, but I'd not heard anything else. And I'd seen the artwork, which makes it look very light. But actually, on the Friday night after the show, I logged on to Board Game Geek and saw someone had put it as their one to get from Essen. So I thought, let's check it out. We headed over there on Saturday just to get a kind of rules explanation. We didn't dream of getting a demo on a Saturday, but we managed to get onto a demo and we were really impressed by it. So it's one we picked up. Terry, you mentioned it was designed by Michael Reinek, and he's kind of made his name by largely doing sort of more 
medium weight Euro games like Pillars of the Earth, Cuba, World Without End. So is there enough there for seasoned Euro gamers or do you think this is aimed straight at the family or new gamer market? In terms of you know the way it looks, the image it portrays, it definitely looks like a family new gamer game. But actually the dice bidding element is very clever, I think, and that takes a bit of thought. So I think there is something there. You know, it's not a heavy euro, and I don't think it's trying to say that it is. And that wasn't what I was looking for. You're probably right. It's probably a family new gamer game. It's definitely one that's flown under my radar so far, despite the fact you started throwing at me as soon as I saw you after Essen. And more importantly, you threw a lot of pirate-themed games at me. How many pirate-themed games did you buy in Essen, and why so many? Well, there were a lot of pirate-themed games, and to be honest, I didn't buy as many as I could have. Black Fleet was one I wanted to look at, but I could only find it in German. Madam Ching was also pirate-themed, but Nathan and Lloyd, who were also, I think, doing a brief view, um, tried it and weren't impressed. We didn't actually buy that many. We got Grog Island and then Golden Horn, which has some pirate theme in it, but we traded as well. We got Buccaneer and Cartagena, the Golden Island, so quite a few pirate themes and it's just it's good fun a bit of a laugh and you can say r at the start of every turn if you feel like it you're obsessed yeah <laughs> come on but who, who if you make the theme boats yeah and if you make the theme boats it's even more because all of they, those games have boats and then bremerhaven's boats brew city of Zwin is boats vikings and isa dorada did all you get a huge expansion over there yes we did don't tell sean but... No, yeah. I saw it in their bag. I, I contemplated mugging them on the way out, but I thought I'd better Terry is quite a lot bigger than you. You could be in trouble. I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> Terry, what was your biggest disappointment of the show? So I read about a game called Abraka Watt, and this is a game, two to five players, about half an hour long, by a Korean designer from Korea Board Games. Gun He Kim. And basically, it's a competitive version of Hanabi. So you've got tiles which are spells there are one to eight different tiles one of the one spell eight of the eight spells you've got five of yours that you can't see you can see everyone else's and you're guessing what spells to do it sounded really interesting to me the reason it was a big disappointment was just that it's it's just guesswork you can't see your five you know there are eight eight spells if you can see that there's only three amongst the other players yes there are some hidden tiles but you can work it out to me it just didn't have enough depth and unlike Hanabi where you have to point out which card it is you just have to say do I have it in my hand it was missing something which was a real shame do you think the idea of a game with this hidden information but you can see everyone else's it has got any chance in the competitive game environment or do you think it only suits a carp like Hanabi and it's not really got legs having now given Abracawatt a go yeah, I was really hoping they could do something with it, but I really struggled to see how you could because the whole beauty of Panabi is that other people are telling you stuff about your hand and they want you to know because you're working together. But in a competitive game, no one's going to tell you about your hand. So it is purely going to be on guessing by looking at everybody else's. And that just wasn't that interesting. So I really struggled to see. But I'd love for someone to take this and do something great with it. So Terry, I think... At some stage, you, you mentioned then that you didn't really like the look of the game and it kind of put you off. Can you just elaborate slightly in terms of do the components match the theme or were you just disappointed straight off of the look of the game and it kind of set you off on the wrong foot? Yes, yeah, so I was quite disappointed with the components. Essentially, these cards that have the spells on and they're just small cards, but rather than having them as tiles that can stand up or even having cards you can hold in your hand, they were in these black plastic 
kind of holders that were really chunky, really clunky, and just felt really cheap. And also, you know, they they take away a lot of the theme because you're literally just drawn to those. So, I mean, the board was fine. It served a purpose. But the holders for the cards, yeah, they put me off. But despite that, I really wanted to like this game. And so I did give it a fair chance. Just there wasn't really anything there. I have to say that even from the first look at it, it looked awful. But well done. Thank you for trying it and confirming it for us. <laughs> Somebody's got to play it. Somebody, yeah, somebody has to. <laughs> Take it one for the team. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Off all the games that you hope to see at Essen or you tried out, which one do you think deserves a wider release? So for this one, I'm going to say Abyss, which is probably a bit of a strange choice because I am well aware it's a Gen Con release. So this is a two to five player game, takes about 45 minutes and designed by Bruno Catala and Charles Chevalier. Basically, you're fighting to be king of the Abyss. You're getting allies from five underwater races, recruiting lords and then getting keys to get locations for victory points. It was released in Gen Con and it got a huge amount of hype, partly because of the designers and probably because of the fantastic artwork and also the covers this is where you've got one each of the five races you've got five different covers no text on it just a bold image and i think at essen it was there there were a lot of copies being sold but there was no one demoing it and it just didn't seem like people were excited about it yeah i'm just gonna tack on to what you just said there so you just didn't feel like it was probably represented well enough in essen as you said there was lots of copies around but there was no big posters and no demoing and that kind of thing so is that what you really feel let it down yeah exactly i mean it's a beautiful game and if they'd had it out on tables it would attract attention the currency in the game is pearls and you get a little shell and you literally have little pearls it looks really lovely and the box looks great there was no copies open there was no rules explanation. It just wasn't present in that sense. I'd actually picked up my copy beforehand because I wanted to take something to the Essen warm-up day. But if I had not looked into it beforehand, I could have completely passed me by at the show. Is this a Sean game or is it more than a pretty face with an empty heart? Oh, I think it definitely is more than that. I actually feel like for this game, the really beautiful artwork has gone against it because people were expecting something much deeper. Some of the images look quite military or quite dark. And so people were expecting something longer, more involved. And it is a light game, but there are some really fun decisions in it. And what I really like is a lot of the action. It's like, well, I can do this and it will help me, but it will also give the other players opportunities. Or I can not do that so that they don't get those opportunities, but you're hurting yourself. And it's that kind of struggle that I find interesting in the game. Ronan, I resemble that remark. You do. <laughs> <laughs> Your pretty face. <laughs> so, moving onwards and upwards. Which game do you need to play more before you make a final decision on whether you like it or you don't? So, I did try this game. It's El Gaucho, and it's two to four players. takes about an hour and designed by Arvda Fuller, whose games I don't know. But essentially, this is a game about cow collection. The mechanism is rolling dice and using the dice as actions either to obtain cows or to do other actions which are late to let you obtain cows. And you're trying to get them in a set, either from the highest to lowest or lowest to highest, because if you get a cow out of set, you have to sell all the cows that you have of that type. And we gave it a go, but we weren't convinced. Okay, so the dice placement mechanism is represented in loads of different games. You've got likes of Alien Frontiers, Kingsburg, Castles of Burgundy. What's different about El Gaucho that wants you to play it again and discover it and really find the heart of the game? In this one, well, one, and I don't think any of these other games have it, the dice, you roll them into a pen as if they're cows, and that 
that's great fun. Um, but on a serious note, basically the star player rolls all of the dice and then people choose them in player order and each player gets two. And so the first player picks their two, next player picks their two and so on. And there's one spare left over to give a bit of choice. So that's interesting because as a start player, you want to get what dice are good for you, but you also maybe want to block other people. Also, what's quite nice is you can use the dice essentially to save an action because you place a worker onto one part of the board and later on, you can remove that worker to get the benefit. So really, it's a kind of a holding mechanism rather than using that specific dice at that time. Sean and I played a game called Castle Dice with that pool, but it wasn't actually placing those dice. So it seems like it's kind of a combination between Castle Dice and some other games like that. Sounds interesting. Sean? Yeah, I just want to try and find out a little bit more about what actually put you off for making that instant decision. I've got a funny feeling you, you are anti-cow. No, I love cows. It was the cow theme that drew me to the game. There's a couple of things. One, there were some naysayers putting me off. So that may have had something to do with it. Naming no names, Poria. And then there was also the fact that we played it wrong, essentially. The sand was massively undermanned. And so when we got there, we tried to get a demo. They came over and kind of tried to teach us the rule. The poor person giving us the rule, it was English was their second language. They really struggled and they really laboured the rules. It was pretty rough. There's one mechanism that lets you steal cows, but the person that's stolen off gets compensation and we just completely missed that rule. And so it meant whoever was stealing was doing fantastically and all the people that were getting stolen off were completely scuppered. And so it was just things like that. So I'd want to play it again with a full rule set and, I mean, the tables that they had on were way too small for the game. One of the people in the table next to us, their chair broke because it was tiny little stools gamers need a bit bigger seating than that and it was just the setup wasn't there so that's why i'd like to try it in a better setting and the correct rules and no fear of breaking chairs she loves cows and she wants bigger chairs for gamers exactly <laughs> so what you're saying is Pori is a bit of a bovinist yeah it was really good fun to be with everyone at sm but he he decided against his game and he was not going to change his mind he's a dirty male bovinist it's fine <laughs> Okay, so the last question from you, Terry, for now is, if you could only keep one game from Essen 2014, what would it be? What's your current number one pick? For me, it's got to be Grog Island. Obviously, I've already spoken about it. It's my biggest surprise. I just It's a really fun theme. It's a really clever mechanism. Maybe I'm going to get tired of it, but for now, I really like that dice bidding mechanism, and I just am having a lot of fun with it. So, Grog Island. So, Terry, you have mentioned that dice system that's in the game but is that system going to be enough say a year's time from now to make that game still a keeper in your collection will you still be playing it i really hope so and it's not just that mechanism i like it generally one of those things actually when i sat down to demo it they gave out the scoring cards for the end and i had two that were identical and i just thought oh i'm not getting this game because i get so annoyed with games that have identical scoring cards and if someone gets two i mean you know, they're going to win it just on having two of the same. And so I asked her, oh, can you score duplicates? And she said, oh, no, you can't. There are duplicates, but you can't score them. And I really like that because having duplicates means there's more than one person maybe going for that goal, but you can't just kind of have a windfall by having two cards. So there's just lots of little things, mainly the dice bidding mechanism, but the whole game, for me, I think it'll still be around in a year. But let's see. So obviously Grog Island has appealed to you. Do you think it's got the sort of universal appeal that will make it well, either ratings here and or a staple of game groups in the next 12 months? Is this going to be a big hit? 
I just really don't think it will be. I think it's going to be shunned by anyone who's into heavy games. And I think for lighter gamers, it might be too heavy for them. So I just actually think that it's not going to be a huge hit. And that's not because I don't think it's a good game, because obviously I do. But I actually think it's really hard for any games coming out of Essen to really shine, just because there's just so many of them. And, you know, Pirate Theme was clearly heavy this year. So I think that makes it even harder. I just think it might get lost in the wind. But that doesn't mean it'll be lost to me. So unfortunately, I don't think it will. But hopefully I'll be proved wrong on that. Well, your campaign to save it starts here with our many, many listeners. Yep. Go out and buy it. Yeah. And that's great, it's four players, so we can all play it together. <laughs> Rogcon. That's a yeah. con I would attend. Okay, well thank you so much, Terry, for taking the time out to do a little bit of research for us and for coming on the show. No, that's absolutely fine. It's been great fun and I hope, you know, it's been of some use to someone. Prior stops picking on cows. Yeah. Okay, so there you have it. That's episode 34. It's the first of our Essen Brief shows, and we hope you enjoyed the format. So thank you so much to Terry. Bye, Terry, for now. Bye, thank you very much for having me on the Essen Brief. You're more than welcome. And you can catch all our episodes at thedicetowernetwork.com, along with loads of other great podcasts. You can catch us at 2d6.org with loads and loads of fantastic gaming content. Please feel free to email us and share your thoughts. We are the GamePitPodcast at gmail.com. We're on BoardGameGeek in our guild. Chat to us there. We are also on Twitter at GamePitPodcast. Feel free. Let us know what you think. We're always here to listen. Thanks, and we'll catch you next time with another SM Brief. Music by E. Aaron.